My name is Ali Wine. I'm a senior analyst with Eurasia Group's Global Macro Practice. I'm Oriana Schuyler Mastro. I'm a center fellow at Stanford's Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies and a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Oriana, it's great to be uh, talking with you again. And I, I want to make the centerpiece of our conversation today about your, your recent uh, Wall Street Journal op-ed with Rich Colby, in which you talk about uh, Taiwan, you talk about Ukraine, you talk about the uh, the linkages between those two crises. So walk us through, uh, it's been, and it's been getting a tremendous amount of play, but for folks who, who may not have seen it, uh, walk us through, you know, what was the impetus for writing the piece? What are your core arguments? And, and then we'll go from there. Well, I have to say, I have a knack for writing things that I feel are really kind of boring, straightforward arguments only to find that like everything blows up <laughs> in my face around it. So I am, as always, the most surprised by the amount of play this op-ed has gotten. But the bottom line is, I think so much of the discussion, whether it's about Taiwan or about Ukraine, is about resolve. And it's always like, oh, we have to do something. So if we don't do something, then something else will happen. Then something worse will happen. And it's like, you know, the Vietnam War domino theory mm. type of argument that I thought we had long debunked. And people don't focus on what's really important, which is capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so what I argue with Bridge Colby in this piece is, regardless of what the United States wants to do, we are not in a position militarily in which we can enhance our military presence to try to further deter Russia uh, and at the same time be able to defend Taiwan in a contingency or, or really defend any of our allies and partners in Asia. And my premise is that it's not only me, you know, Dr. Mastro, but also this administration and the previous administration that already decided that Asia is supposed to be where our focus is. So if we have to make strategic trade-offs, that means not funneling extra military resources uh, to Ukraine and surrounding areas, and instead really husbanding the limited resources we have in order to deter China and Asia. It, and I think just in, in hearing what you just said right now, there's this, uh, your comments, they bring to mind an article that a Scottish historian, uh, Denis Brogan, wrote in Harper's Magazine in 1952, in which he talks about this illusion of American omnipotence. And you know, I think that this notion that, sure, the United States, it is the world's uh, preeminent power, but there's a there's a yawning gap between preeminence and omnipotence. And so you basically are making an argument that says, uh, don't conf one, you know, don't confuse the two, um, identify priorities, because the essence of strategy is to embrace priorities and to accept the resultant, you know, trade-offs. Um, and so, so you make this argument. It's been getting a lot of play. Um, you know, what is your response to you know, to individuals who say who who kind of argue for the indivisibility of commitments? And they talk about this resolve, this this notion of resolve, and they say, well, if the United States, you know, if the United States is seen as being insufficiently responsive to the crisis in Ukraine, that it could perhaps embolden further Chinese adventurism. So, how do you respond to that that rejoinder? Well, first of all, there's no empiric. The empirics just don't support it. Right? There's a great book by Daryl Press that shows that leaders, when they're assessing whether or not the, the other side's threat is credible, they don't look at, you know, what did they do in a completely different scenario that has no relevance to what they're currently facing. Instead, they understand that for states, they have different interests of different levels of importance. And that's not one of the primary things that leaders look to. So I think, you know, the leaders in Beijing are not saying, well, how the United States responds to this situation 
in Ukraine is exactly how they would respond over Taiwan. I mean, that's just nonsensical. And there's a lot of reasons that these situations are different. For one, we don't have an alliance commitment to Ukraine. Now, you can say the same about Taiwan, but in the case of Taiwan, that's really just a, uh, you know, it's just a, a result of some strange historic factors. But in effect, the United States military has planned to defend Taiwan for decades and decades. Um, and Taiwan is much more important to the United States strategically, economically uh, than Ukraine is. And so we do have to make these trade-offs. People think, oh, we're just going to send a couple thousand troops to Europe. But what they don't realize is with that goes a lot of enablers. With that goes you know, U.S. satellite systems, early warning, uh, logistics, bureaucratic focus, things that are indivisible and that we do need on Asia. So the primary thing China's looking to is, can we defend Taiwan? And they would be more than happy to see the United States bogged down in yet another war somewhere else so that we cannot actually do what we need to do in Asia. What you just said, I, I know you're talking about you know, uh, Europe and Eastern Europe, but it, what you just said, it reminds me, I was revisiting an article by uh, Steve Clemens that he published in 2010, and he related a conversation that he had had with uh, an official in China's foreign affairs ministry a few years earlier. And he said, you know, what is China's grand strategy? And this official said, you know, we're hoping to keep the United States bogged down in Middle Eastern wars, Middle Eastern countries. And right. it, it reminded me of that point. Um, so one last quick question, kind of a lightning round. Um, what is China's appraisal of, of the crisis over Ukraine? And what linkage do you see between Ukraine and Taiwan? I think they're looking to see whether the United States is serious about rebalancing. And if we do this whole Ukraine thing, they know we aren't. And that's really the only linkage that's there. It's a pleasure as always to talk with you, Oriana. Thank you so much.